Welcome back to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Uh, as folks, as you may remember, I did not have Al on the last episode. He abandoned us. All three of you. Listen. No, no. Right well, now. listen, listen, guys, guys, guys. Okay. I, I was asleep. I was asleep and I told C, wake me up when September ends. <laughs> oh, you think you're funny for that, don't you? No, I, I think I'm hilarious. I, I think I oh think I am God. the second coming of George Carlin. Oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> for the record, folks, so we're saying this also because you're going to hear, because uh, guess what? Even though we hadn't been recording, we've still been watching movies. Speak so, for yourself. <laughs> you ha- Okay, my point is some of the movies we review for the next couple of episodes, these movies have been out for a hot second, okay? Some of them have really been out for a hot yeah, second. You know, I really want to say that, uh, I, I really wish I could say that we weren't doing uh we weren't doing uh, uh, reviews in to honor the WGA and SAG AFRA strikes. No, let's just go with but, that. Let's just go with that. Well, no, no. Then I realized actually we did release episodes during the strike. Yeah, so. We hold totally one hundred percent dead because you know because <laughs> we're, we're 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 going to be the thing that breaks the strike. Yeah, that's what does it. No, yeah. Well, listen, Alan listen, C. listen, listen. The uh, the WGA strikes over. It, it, yep. It ended like what last week? It did. It's glorious. And you know what? As a writer, I have to say. I'm not a member of the WGA at the moment, but as a writer, I got to say that um, these are good terms. And, the, you know, listen, I'm not here to get political about it, but it, it was basically the requests that were being made were to extend the existing uh, policies with streaming. That was the main thing. So I'm really happy that that got resolved. There basically, C is saying eat the rich. <laughs> So there's this movie called Gran Turismo. Um, yes, actually, Gran, Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking so, of Eat the Rich. Speaking Jesus. of Eat the Rich, of uh, uh, Sony. Uh, so this this is such a weird, like, okay, so folks. What's weird about this movie? The fact that it exists or the fact that Neil Blomkamp directed it? Uh, I think the fact that it's technically a video game adaptation. Well, I, I looked into well we'll get into this later, it, but there's both, a reason why he chose to do this. It's both a biopic sports movie and a video game adaptation. And yeah. that I think is the is the weird thing about it. Not so much that it's directed by Neil Blomkamp. Listen, I think Neil it's Blom- weird that he directed it. Listen, after what was his last movie? It was was Chappie. it Chappie? Yeah. After after Chappie, Neil Blomkamp was in director's jail. He still is. Yeah. He he lost his auteur license. I mean yeah, he did. Do you remember when he did Oat Studios though? That's on Netflix, I think. There's a bunch no, of these that, weird that shorts he did. That was on YouTube. But now they're on Netflix. They oh, he migrated okay. them over. He took them off of YouTube and migrated yeah. them to Netflix. Anyways, he was in director's jail because you make District Nine and then you make two bombs. It doesn't help. Yeah, it's not even that you make two bombs. It's that. Uh, oh, Chappie was controversial. I forgot about it, that. Not just that. It had a hellish production uh, because uh, that. That da- uh, what's it called? The Antwoord. The Antwoord were basically like uncontrollable assholes to like the entire cast and crew. Which, oh, for yeah. those of you who don't know, that's a South African rap group. Which their their music's interesting and their music videos are cool, but famously they're incredibly well, difficult to work with. Who, especially the guy? Um, yeah. I forget his name. Um, oh, because uh, the girl's named Yolani. I don't remember the guy's y- name. Yolani is he Ninja? Some something. Ninja. Like that? I think he calls himself Ninja. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He he is famously um he just says i'm an i'm free i'm just a free artist man it's like no you're kind of an asshole like when like, when 
when Kanye West thinks you're an asshole. That takes a lot. That like takes that, a lot. Yeah. Like, jeez. When Kanye West is like, oh my God, who invited that guy? But famously, you know, he he kind of ruined the, uh, and we won't go into this too long, but he he fucked over that movie's uh, uh, ad campaign. Yeah. Because he got into a lot of trouble and then they couldn't feature him anymore heavily, even though he's a major part of the movie. So then it's, it just became a fucking disaster. Yeah. So obviously like, not, not to give a history lesson about Chappie, no. but ba- basically, um, the effects know, of that movie are great for the record. Yes. But. Uh, essentially listen, um, I think Neil Blomkamp is the, would you say he's like the poster boy of like, because it was it was him. Well, before before Neil Blomkamp, the poster boy of like their debut was their peak, and everything else was downhill. Was the guy who did uh, Donnie Darko? Yeah. I, I, yeah. What was his name? What's that? What was that filmmaker's name? Um, I Michael don't Michael something. I don't um, know. Uh, from because, Richmond, Virginia. Weird fact, but yeah. Anyways, really, he's from yeah. Richmond, Virginia. Yes, he is. Um, well, anyway, yeah. The guy the guy makes Donnie Darko. Which is amazing. Uh, Richard I Kelly. Richard it. Kelly. That's his name. Richard, Richard Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. He Great makes movie. Donnie. He makes Donnie Darko, and then he makes something called Southland Tales, like five years later. Southern. I thought it was Sutherland Tales, but either way, no, Southland Tales. Jesus. And that's like a bomb. And then he makes like a a like mid budget Hollywood movie starring Cameron Diaz called The Box, and I don't think he's done anything since. No, he's um, not. He, so he was like the poster boy of like this debut was their peak, and everything else has been downhill. And then mm. Neil Blomkamp comes to the scene with District 9, which was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, was, like, a groundbreaking movie that... It is. That kind of elevated the pseudo-documentary look, the, the found footage type. It, it, it's, not, it's a step up. Beyond. It's not found footage, but it was, like... Mockumentary. Yeah, it was mockumentary, and then kind of seamlessly transitions into, like, you know, uh, a standard store but then just goes back whenever it wants it was really cool yeah it was really cool and it never felt like jarring right no so, and you know neil blonkamp's like the new kid on the block everyone's mm-hmm. like saying like oh neil blonkamp is is uh the new uh what did he who, who was he compared people to? were he was okay so only because this a director was attached as a producer on this people were kind of care, calling him the next peter jackson in a lot of weird ways but oh, more for uh, sci-fi uh they, and they, they, also, they were comparing him with a uh, ridley scott yes that was the other big one ridley scott in fact at one point he and um uh what's her sigourney weaver were going to she was going to be a producer on his alien project. And Ridley Scott put a kibosh to oh, that. He put a, not just a kibosh, he put a fucking cabal to end that shit. Oh, he would, like, I, I forgot, he was compared to James Cameron. That's was, right. Because remember, Avatar came uh, out the same year. Yeah, he was compared. And, it, and this is the only movie that got anywhere close to competing box office with it. Yeah. Was District uh, 9. So Neil Blomkamp makes District 9. It's a hit, and it's... it's and it's, it's great. It's a Best Picture nominee, and it p- puts him on the map. Uh, he follows that up four years later with a Matt Damon vehicle called uh, Elysium. Mm-hmm. And I remember the hype for Elysium. Everyone was saying that. Oh, well, because it was it, like, this is the first like big cyberpunk movie in years based on its look. Like, people yeah. were ready for it. No, like I remember when it first got announced that Neil Blomkamp says, I'm making, I'm making, uh, my, uh, I'm making my Blade Runner, but with Eminem. 
and mm. everyone was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And then they found out that like Eminem didn't Eminem didn't want to do it because they were shooting in Mexico and he wanted it to be shot in Detroit. Which I'm like, listen, if Emma, if 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 having Eminem because Neil Blomkamp was like, I saw Eight Mile and I think Eminem can be can be the next Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really believe that, then yeah, shoot it in Detroit. But yeah, anyway, what's the anyway, problem? Yeah, but anyway, so Eminem drops out. They get uh, Matt Damon, and everyone's like, "Okay, Matt Damon. Well, at least we know the acting is going to be good." Yeah, uh, and which it was fine for the record. For oh the yeah, record. yeah, yeah. And, and then the movie comes out, and it's not District Nine. No, it's it's kind of a standard action blockbuster in a lot of ways, and not just with that, cool the, visual effects. The world building was very like because the world Lazy. building in District Nine is so like real. It's, mas- it's masterful. It's masterful. It's it it it's complex. It it's so true to life that that's what everyone was expecting with Elysium, and it's like, no, the the rich people live in the space station where there are these magic pods that heal death. Yeah, and, it was a little bit like um, the analogies were too on the nose. And for the record, folks, the ending's a bit of a spoiler, but we I watched that with my dad, so we walk out of the movie, and my dad goes. So he goes, so what? The the ending's just Obamacare? And he walks out. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I think it's more universal health care, I think was the idea. He's like, no, it was space Obama. He was so mad by it. Because he, he space enjoyed. Space Obamacare, I love it. I love so, it. I'm using that. I'm using and that. Because he, and, he enjoyed District 9. He thought it was interesting. But he, I, I, my, my thing with is that Elysium comes out and it's just I didn't hate it. I I thought it was fun, but it was just such a standard thing for what to come to do such a standard film after District 9 really is automatically is going to be disappointing. Like yeah. Like how can it not be? Exactly. And then you know, um he decides to rebound by saying like, "Okay, Diane Word is going to be the leads in my new movie. Which it's people be, were excited for. It's going to be about artificial intelligence. and. and in like, fact, it was going to reference a shor- his short film he made, which was this footage, this sort of weird footage throughout South Africa, but inserting these like dro- these like droids. Yeah. Uh, people were like, no, this is going to be the building off of that. And people got excited again. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Chappie comes out. Uh, we hear that a cast with Diane Word is... Uh, is uh, Hugh Jackman, um, who's, great, who's, who's great, Sigourney Weaver, um, well. and um, um, uh, Dev Patel is That's kind of right. the actual lead, and that Charlotte Copley, who's, who was in every Neil Blomkamp movie, is going to play the robot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's like, okay, this is Neil Blomkamp kind of getting back to his, his South African roots, being gritty, yeah. you know, how, how much grittier can you get than Diane Word, right? Yeah. And... That production was plagued with problems because of Diane Word. Like, pretty much Hugh Jackman, after interacting with him a few times, basically told the crew, keep those fuckers away from me. If if they fuck with me again, I'm I'm quitting the picture and I'm walking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh uh It's some um, it's it's one reason why people think he looked so pissed on the movie. He was playing the villain for the record, but yeah. that was kind of the joke. And and, and then you see that like after And a for while, the record, Hugh Jackman like famously gets along with everybody, so to piss him off exactly Jesus. you have to and, do a lot and uh not just that it was the fact that like at a certain point in the movie you start noticing that like hugh jackman and the diane were duo are never in the same frame 
Yeah. They're never in the same frame anymore. And, the, and this was before they really perfected the technology to artificially put people in yeah. really well. Yeah. So it just, it, people realized what was so, up. So, so what they did is that he's always looking from afar. And yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, and you know, the, 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 the problem again was that, uh, the, although the, VFX, a lot of VFX artists love that movie for how real and amazing. Oh no. Chappie yeah, the, looked. The, the visual effects are great. It's just that, yeah. uh, again, when you watch District Nine again, the themes, the yeah. the politics of it all feel so real, so yeah. so fully. Because here's the thing, it's so you, easy to make you know a what, movie. I'm so sorry. You know what Chappie felt like? What? You know how you can now find these coffee art table, coffee table art books about like spray paint and street culture? Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was like a it was a very distant view of something that ended up coming off as kind of. Uh, very, just very not sterile, but very just uninterested in its own subject matter. So in a lot of ways, when you watch District Nine, it has such three dimensional commentary about refugees, um, and and it's it's not black and white; it's shades of gray. That's hard mm-hmm. to do. That's really hard to do, especially in a in a movie that's ostensibly an action blockbuster with aliens. With it's... aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And and the the thing about Neil Blomkamp that everybody was talking about was that this guy makes incisive, fully fleshed out, three dimensional political commentary. Mm-hmm. This guy is going to be up there with the likes of Nolan, with the likes of. You know, it's actually kind of funny. Denis Villeneuve eventually became what everyone was expecting Neil Blomkamp to be. In a lot of ways. And here's the thing. Neil Blomkamp's style for sci-fi has transitioned into other sci-fi movies. People kept that. Credit to him there. People love the way he designed things. Exactly. Credit to him there. Yeah, exactly. And then when with Elysium and... Like, listen, the, the political commentary in Chappie can amount to Bicentennial Man except more cursing. Yeah. Like, I am alive. I am alive. Okay. Yeah, I am alive it. and I am a gangster. I'm like, all right. Okay, okay, fine. Whatever, whatever. And obviously Chappie did bomb. It bombed terribly. That really – because Elysium didn't technically bomb, but it didn't make the money people wanted yeah, it to Yeah, and, and the thing is, folks, it's not, it's not just bad if you have a bomb. It's bad if you have a bomb and you have a reputation that you cannot control your set. Yeah. Uh, this happened with Neil Blomkamp. This also happened with Josh Trank when he was doing Fan Four Stick. This <laughs> you get thrown in director jail. Fantastic Four, for the record, but yeah, Fan Four Stick. Yeah, you get thrown in director's jail. Not just if you have bombs, but if you're just like you can't control a production, right? Because yeah. here's the thing: studio. If studios are already losing money before the movies even in theaters. They're not going to be happy. No, like like they'll forgive. The only a, one, the only one who gets pa- a pass genuinely is the director of Swingers, because famously his productions are nightmares, but he makes money. Yeah, like like Doug Doug Lyman. That's his yeah, name. Yeah, Doug Lyman. Yeah, Doug Lyman's the only one who can get away with it. And even then, yeah. Doug Lyman like, he strains the line sometimes. Yeah, like, he literally was like, he he's admitted that. That his agent pretty much told him his career was over because of the clusterfuck that was the Born Identity. Yep. Like people don't realize this that the Born Identity was such a clusterfuck that mm-hmm. Matt Damon pretty much told the studio, "Listen, this thing made money, but we are finding a new director because fuck Doug Lyman." Yeah, and uh, uh, it was bad. 
And that's when Paul Greengrass got involved. Uh, but but yeah, Doug Liman has that reputation. The only one who seems to be cool with it is Tom Cruise, where Tom which Cruise makes is, a lot of sense, honestly. Because Tom Cruise himself can control a production, so he basically tells Doug Liman, "Yeah, let me, let, let me, me, let me handle this. Let me and handle he did, this." And he yeah. does and did. I mean, he chose Doug Liman to direct the movie that they're going to shoot in space. So that oh, like how right. how crazy do you have to be to be like, what director should I hire to direct? My movie that's actually being shot in space. Oh, yeah. Mm. The guy who famously cannot keep a production under control. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, back yeah. to Neil Blomkamp. So yes. Neil Blomkamp went to director's jail. Obviously, he was very he was very aware of his position in the industry. Mm-hmm. So like you said, he did. A, what's it called? Oat Studios. Oat, Oat Studios. Oat Studios. He did a lot of shorts. Mo- all, almost all of them were Sharpto Copley. Yeah. Um, and, and Sigourney Weaver did a cu- couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like he was getting out of director's jail when he convinced Sigourney Weaver to ask a 20th Century Fox to for have Alien. him have him direct like a rebooted Alien, which movie. for the it was gonna yeah it was exactly it's gonna pick up after Aliens, and I'll admit it I was very excited for this because I saw and I know concept art is very you know that's no indication of what a movie's gonna be, but when I saw the concept art that I saw I was like, oh fuck this could be great. And then, of course, Ridley Scott was like, yeah, about that. Um, fuck off. And everyone fucked off. Like, he goes like, fuck off. I'm continuing uh, my alien. What was it? Alien. Uh... Oh, um, alien. It was after Prometheus. Alien. Covenant. Covenant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, we're continuing say what, this. Say what you will about that. My God. Um, <laughs> my God, indeed. My God. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so. Again, still in director's jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it was that thing of like, okay, I'm just going to see what my agent can get me. And it was years before anything. So th- this is actually kind of funny. Neil Blomkamp wasn't even the first choice to direct Gran Turismo. Oh, I didn't know so, that. So, folks, um, for some crazy reason, after, after finally – finally making uncharted with tom holland mm-hmm. uh, playstation was like okay so so we barely made any money on this and everyone hated this movie yeah let's still keep making let's still keep let's keep movies. doing it let's, let's do it again movies. so what should we do and someone at the sony movies division basically said how about gran turismo how do we do that well we make it a story about the kid who trained like from gran on Gran Turismo and, and became start, an actual racer became an actual racer. And it's like, cool, great. And do you know, which who for the your... record props to that actual person? That's impressive. Yeah. That's that, that kicks ass. Yeah. Um, and that's every millennials wet dream. Yeah, I think. And, and the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the guy's name, the actual racer's name is Jan Martinborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, he, he still races. I think he, just he did. Races. And I, I have to add, he did the stunts for this movie. Yeah, he did. That's right. That's so cool. Which is really fucking cool. Like that's and, really cool. And do you know who was the original director to do this? Who? Joseph Kaczynski. What has he done? Oblivion. Oh, Tron. okay. I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. Yeah. It's been a long day. So, so um, Joseph, Joseph Kaczynski was interesting the original, was the original director on this project oh so but then he did okay i know i know i, I think i, I know think, where this story's going I, I think i think then he got um top gun maverick no 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 he, he was already assigned he already got to do top gun maverick because remember top gun maverick was in the works 
That's since, right. Since when it was Tony filmed Scott. a while, it was filmed a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, then he, he. I don't know why he dropped out, but he dropped out, and I guess Sony was like, okay, let's see who's willing to do this like last minute, and Neil Blomkamp was like, I will. And, here and then they're are. like, anyone, no, any volunteers, any volunteers, I'll do it, I'll do it. No, any volunteers, any volunteers. I feel like that's what it was like. But possibly. listen, listen, credit to Neil Blomkamp. You know, he immediately jumped on this and he immediately cast uh, David Harbour, Orlando mm-hmm. Bloom. And he was the one who single handedly found Archie Medikwe, who plays Yan Martinborough. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, here we are, you know, uh, this is. This is like a first for Neil Blomkamp in many ways. It's his first non-science fiction picture. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's his first uh, movie without Charlotte Copley. And here's the thing: I was convinced that uh, Charlotte Copley was gonna pop up like as a cameo or something, and he didn't. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, sorry, spoiler, guys, no Charlotte Copley in this." Yep. But, but whatever. Um, and then it's also like his. Uh, it's also his first movie with like sh- with like uh, vehicular stunts. Like there's yes. some vehicular stunts in District Nine. Nothing and, compared and to this. Though. Nothing compared to this, right? Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing compared to this. And uh, yeah, so Neil Blomkamp makes a quote video game adaptation slash biopic. <laughs> how did it go for him? Well, how's about uh, see we watch the trailer, and mm-hmm. then we start giving our our review. Hell yeah. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. If you miss it on the track, you could die. Who do you think the best driver is? Probably Rory. I would dust him in a lap. Jan, all you do is play video games with some crazy dreams of racing cars. Dad, you're the one that told us to always do something we love. You know what racing cars cost? Look around. It's not our world, son. What is this? It's a contest. The best Gran Turismo players in the world get a chance to compete in professional racing. Dude, this is real. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're going to take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom, you're going to strap them to a 200 mile an hour rocket. It'll tear them to pieces. not gonna work the guys who race are elite athletes but i won't stop now your kids are scrawny little gamer kids well that's where you come in come on let's go because i can't stop now. must be a new experience for you moving your legs <laughs> you puked on my lawn there's no turning back now when you're in a race the cockpit is going to be 140 degrees fahrenheit G-forces will be twice what an astronaut experiences upon liftoff. I can't see anything! Hey, you get extra points for that in the game? Jesus Christ. I had to hustle hard, never give up. This whole thing is insane, but out of the couch-surfing nerds that you sent me, he is the best one. You made it. Yes! Welcome to Team Nissan. What's next? It's the major leagues. The other drivers are going to hate you. Come on! Dude, what is your problem? It's part of the game. It's called racing. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. You miss it on the track. You could die. You me now. Me. I, won't stop now. I 
I know this track. Because I can't stop, man. I've raced it a thousand times. That's what I'm talking about. This is like when Cronenberg did that racing movie. You've you've seen that? No, I've seen it, but I know it exists. Wow, and that was like his second movie ever. <laughs> yeah, although he says that was a very formative experience for him. He's talking well, yeah. about it. Yeah, he, he literally said he could never have made like his effects-heavy movies without working on that. Yeah, it just um, taught him some basic skills, basically, as he said. Exactly. Um, so... Uh, couple things i wanted to add uh rounding yeah. out the so rounding out the cast we have david harbour playing uh jack slater who plays like kind of the pit crew chief of, mm-hmm. of the movie he, he the coach basically he's the coach yeah orlando bloom kind of plays like the corporate guy who's trying to make this work think um think uh john bernthal's character in ford v ferrari mm-hmm. uh, and again we have relative newcomer archie Madikwe. i think he's like in a netflix show what's what's the show he's in well he, he was uh like one of the victims in uh, midsummer oh um, yeah that's right yeah uh but is he in a netflix show i feel like oh no not a netflix show he's in he was in that like jason momoa apple tv show oh okay yeah uh then we have uh so he plays jan Ma- martin burrow the the lead uh, we have Jimon Honsu plays uh, uh, the dad, Steve Martinborough. And then, and this is hilarious to me because I kept thinking, who the hell is that? We have Ginger Spice herself, Jerry Horner playing the mom. Is that who that was? Yeah. I was like, I was like, I've seen this woman before. And I was like, oh my God, it's the spice. It's a, it's Ginger Spice. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's insane. Wow. That is that is insane. I, um, I didn't know that until this very second that that um, was anyone. Then, you know, it's it's kind of like an extended cameo, but I love seeing him. We have Thomas Kretschmann uh, playing like the dad of of Yan's rival. Uh, he mm-hmm. he shows up for like a scene. He shows up in like the scene where David Harbour's character goes like, you know what, I quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the rival of Yan Marnborough, we have uh, Joshua Stradowski playing Nicholas Kappa. Uh, for those that don't know, Joshua is the lead in The Wheel of Time, and I think he's—I've seen like the first season. And I think he's pretty good, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yes, uh, Gran Turismo. Neil this Blancan, movie. This movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, what are your thoughts? All right. So, when I first heard about this movie, and I heard, I got really—I got kind of into looking up the actual true story, and that's where I learned. That this was, in fact, a... It's pretty accurate to what actually happened. They literally held a contest, and he won, and he then raced, and he did it, and did a good job. Like, he's he's, he's able to do it. Um, that's when I also learned, as I mentioned earlier, that the actual racer um, did all the stunts for this movie, uh, which... And I'm not... This isn't... this Before I get into the critique my genuine thoughts of the movie that is the coolest thing about this movie is the story and the fact that the actual guy does the stunts like that is as i said earlier that is so badass like there's no way around that genuine mad respect for the real person this movie um i was really expecting this to be a very frustrating ad for the video game and it Obviously, I knew it. Was, obviously, it did that a little bit, especially Fine. in the beginning. In the be- in, it, it sort of bookend ended the movie with that. Yeah, yeah. 
It bookended the movie with these literal like ad campaigns for the game. The the first one was not as bad as the the, the one at the end was really insufferable. I'll admit. I was like, God damn. But okay. But it didn't do it as much as I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to come off as like some weird like ad campaign for the whole game. Like I was convinced. I was so fucking convinced there was going to be a weird moment where David Harbour plays the game and like he admits it's a good game. And I was going to be so I was ready to be mad about that. I was ready to like watch that happen. They they and still be do pissed. something like that. They but do it's with, something close, but it's, but it's it's with something totally different, which made more sense for his character. Yes, it made more sense, and I was okay with that. But I was ready for like David Harbour to have to sit down and be like, have a moment. You know how David Harbour goes huh, a lot. Like that's his thing now. Yeah, like, yeah. When it's it's when his character like learns something, he goes huh in his voice. I was like ready for that to happen, and I was like, I'm gonna be so mad when that happens, and I know it's gonna happen. That didn't happen, okay? So in a weird way, this movie does somewhat subvert my expectations, <laughs> where it didn't completely sell its soul <laughs> in every way. And I got to give credit where credit's due. This movie does do the work, so to speak. Is it the best racing movie? No, it's not. Of course it's not. Talladega Nights is a better racing movie at the end of the day. But... What this movie did was it understood that let's just make this a com- let's accept that this can be a compelling story. Let's give him the standard trials and tribulations of it all. And it I'll admit the racing is well shot. Like when they're actually racing it, it's well done. Is the movie playing into itself a little bit much in the sense that like it's a little bit of a stereotypical you know underdog story yeah yeah it is that that there's no way around that um but i was amazed at how compelling some of the races were i i i'll admit that um but am i gonna go around saying like oh you guys gotta go see tree you gotta go see gran turismo no i'm not but it's probably already on Netflix, by the way. So. Oh, you know, it's probably going to when they release the next Gran Turismo game, this is going to be they're going to include this movie. Oh, like, that on would the, be smart. That would be on smart. the B side of this. Be like, yeah, and you can watch Gran Turismo or you can watch the extended cut of it with interviews or something. If you unlock in certain races, that'd be what that'd be the smart thing to do. But I guess what I'm saying is. I'm almost a little like how do i put this i'm like surprised that i don't hate this movie i'll put it that way mm-hmm. i was going in ready to hate it like i'm like this is going to fucking blow i i'm not going to like this and i walked out being like very stereotypical very by the num very by the numbers but, like, I had a good time. Like, it's a fun time. And I think the key was is that they shot the racing scenes well and the actors were good enough to get the admittedly basic script moving. And so you had something that, like, was, you know, watchable at the end of the day. That That's that's where I'm at. And I guess I'm just so surprised that I'm like, wow, I was able to sit through this and have a good time. And I know that sounds so demeaning to Neil Blomkamp, at the end of the day, because this is the man that made District 9. But 
And for the record, it is concerning that this might be his second best movie, but that's a whole other situation on that end. Um, but this this was this was perfectly suitable for what I this was per the fact that my negative expectations were not met is an accomplishment. Is what I'll say. So, the first time I saw this trailer. You know, and I'm like, oh, Neil Blanc. Oh, yeah, Neil Blanc. I was making a Gran Turismo movie. Oh, okay. And then I saw the writers. Uh, so it's Jason Hall and Zach Balin. Jason mm-hmm. Hall is the guy who famously directed American or famously wrote American Sniper. And listen, mm-hmm. we can. A lot of people have opinions about American Sniper. The one thing I will say is that I don't think it's particularly well written. And uh, Jason Hall also made a. The Showtime, he show ran the Donald Trump Showtime TV show that I don't think was particularly good. Mm. Um, and then the second name was Zach Balin. And Zach Balin kind of got his foot in the door writing King Richard. And listen. Uh, that's another. See, what you just said about American Sniper kind of also applies to King Richard in a weird way. Exactly. <laughs> it's very, wait, two so, totally so, different so, movies, but yeah. So, but, but the point was, was that you're like, okay, so... At its soul, this is a biopic. Mm-hmm. And American Sniper and, K- and King Richard are not, like, a, at least on a writing standpoint, are not great biopics. No, there uh, are better biopics. Yeah, so, but then you're like, okay, but Neil Blomkamp's directing it, so it's going to look good, and you should probably watch it in a, in a premium format. Who knows? So I went in going like, okay, this, this is going to be like a standard biopic that just has really good racing scenes. I can live with that. Folks, this movie is not Ford v Ferrari. Like like and I know, I know this I, isn't this isn't Rush or Ford v Ferrari. Oh my god, no, no, this is nowhere near the quality. Like here's the thing. If you were to ask me, like in 2013, before I had seen Rush or Elysium, if you had this isn't even going. This isn't going to be the best car-related movie of the year, for the record, folks. Yeah, there's another movie coming out which we will talk about on this podcast. But, but um, if you had told me in 2013, hey Al, who's going to make a who would make a better racing movie, Neil Blomkamp or Ron Howard? I would have said I would have said Neil Blomkamp all day, every day, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but, except, uh, but, but, no. but Ron Howard has arguably made the best racing movie of the modern era. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, enough about that. Go, go see Rush, folks. That's what we're saying. Yeah, go see Rush. Go see. Rush. And then cue the music that plays us out. And listen, this isn't Ford v Ferrari. Uh, but I will say what this movie has going for it that, you know, I, I don't know if. See, I know you didn't mention it, but what this movie mm-hmm. has going for it is that the chemistry between David Harbour and Archie Medikwe is palpable. It's there. Like, listen, when you have this type of movie where you have this underdog athlete, right, who's trying to beat the odds, the way you show that is by always having him learn and grow as a person and as an athlete with his trainer with his coach right Mm -hmm. that's what makes these these sports movies work because at its heart this is a biopic but it's also a sports movie Mm -hmm. right and david harbour straight up is the best part of this movie i would even say he's he's better than the racing scenes and i say that because Mm -hmm. the way he approached the character was okay what if i'm like a legitimate 
like serious crew chief who literally was told by by this suit, hey, we want you to turn a video gamer into a race car driver. And he goes all the way with it and it works because this movie plays the whole situation straight. Like, yeah, this because here's the thing, it actually happened. Folks, this was real. This actually yeah. happened. Jan Martinborough is a real guy who got his start being obsessed with Gran Turismo and then like became a racer. This is all real, right? But truth is stranger than fiction. So like a movie, a movie could tell you that, yeah, this really happened. This is the face of the guy who did it. But still, the audience would be like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Which is why so many of the commercials and trailers remind you that it's real. Yeah. But they keep telling you. Yeah. But so what do you do when you have that dilemma where the the, the audience is just going to be saying, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. You have a character say this is bullshit before the audience can. And then Mm. have him turn. And because we're emotionally attached to him. We, we start believing it. And that's what David Harbour does. That's his assignment, and he does it really well. He does mm-hmm. it really well. And on top of that, I, listen, I think da- I think David Harbour's secret uh, secret weapon and why he's, like, become, like, would you say David Harbour's A-list now? Uh, n- no, I he's don't think defi- I would. He's definitely high B-list. He's high B-list. He is. I think the thing with that is he because here's the thing he really hasn't he's only been the lead of a film once and that film did not do well yeah okay okay so he's like so the 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 seek the secret and green to why david harbour went from like unknown character actor who appeared like in one episode of of law and order to like a guy that everybody recognizes Mm -hmm. is that i really think he has this uncanny ability to create this like father son father daughter like vibe with younger co-stars mm-hmm. he and, does and and he does that here like like the the relationship he has with 11 and stranger things he has that here with 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 uh with the the character of Jan Martinborough and and it works it's palpable you really feel like okay this is an actual coach trying to teach his athlete trying to teach his his young athlete to be a competitor right Mm -hmm. and and listen it's 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 still very stereotypical it's still very like tropey like like archetypey stuff of like the coach being like yeah i never made it to the top but if i train you you'll make it to the top yeah and you know the in this movie the top is the uh the 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 um the 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 le mans yeah le mans 24 hour right yeah. Like like in 4v Ferrari, the Le Mans 24 hour is considered the pinnacle of racing. Yeah. You win that, you are a legend for the rest of your life. You may not amount to anything later on, but they will remember you as a winner You're of ne- Le Mans. If you even compete in Le Mans and you survive Le Mans, you are considered commendable. Yeah. And and in here, like the moment he goes like, so you were in Le Mans? I'm like, I know exactly where this is going. And it like – See, I'm sure you were the same thing where you're like, this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. And this is going to yeah. happen here. And it like, and here's the thing, like the, the movie justifies it by saying like, well, all this stuff happened in real life. And I'm like, yeah, but not in that order. Yeah, doing not, it in, in, not at all in that order. They're doing no it way. in this order in order to get the most archetypal, stereotypical sports underdog story possible. 
But okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but yeah, David Harbour's performance with uh, with uh, Archie Medikwe is is quite good. And Orlando Bloom is not insufferable. I, you know, in the trailer, it looked like Orlando Bloom was going to be like the worst part in this movie, but he's not. He's, he's fine. Like, he's fine. He's just he, there. He does what he does. Yeah. There, there really isn't like an annoying character here. Like you can even say like, you know, people always say like, oh, well, the the skeptical parent characters. Like, yeah, Jamal Nahonsu is skeptical, but he plays never... what he always does. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. It's it's not bad. Um... The the only thing that was genuinely insufferable about this movie for me were the two bookend ads for the game. Yeah, I was just watching those, and I'm like, oh. And again, when the movie started that way, I'll admit I went, oh fuck, <laughs> like god damn it. Folks, but it laid off. It laid the, off. The, basically, what the movie does is that it basically says, Gran Turismo, like the game series was created to be the most realistic uh, uh, simulation of racing that ever exists. Mm-hmm. And, folks, listen, this is a Sony production. This is PlayStation Studios. That's yeah. not true. Like, yeah. the most, They're going to the say most, that. The most advanced like racing uh, simulator, uh, you can only play on PC. I forget the name of it, but you can only play it on PC. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, Grand Turismo, and you, know, you know what I realized it was? It was that trailer, and then like in within the first act – at some point, Orlando Bloom is walking up to David Harbour, and he says what was said earlier in that ad for the game. Yeah. Where he's like, Gran Turismo is the most advanced game ever created. And you're like, no, dude, it's not, because yeah. it's it plays on a PlayStation. By its it very can, definition, it, it can't be the most advanced. It could not be, yeah. Yeah, that's, it has to be a PC game, because PCs are the most advanced, like, computing to like a pc will run laps a, a laptop runs laps around an xbox or a playstation Wait, did they keep now here's a question did they say video game or did they say console game because maybe that was their way no out. they kept saying video game okay okay they i didn't know i couldn't game. remember but listen fine whatever this is this is a sony production obviously sony is gonna be like yeah playstation pipe playstation so but but the problem was was like you you worry that okay this is what it's gonna be and fortunately, the movie has enough sense to be like, no, focus on focus on Yan, focus on Jack, focus mm-hmm. focus on the racing. And like you said, a filmmaker of Neil Blomkamp's caliber knows how to shoot these scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, are these as well shot as the scenes in Rush? No, no. Uh, but he shoots them in a way where you're like, okay, I get what's going on. It looks real. It feels real. It's great. And here, here's something I'll say about Neil Blomkamp's directing in this. Neil Blomkamp very much was like, okay, everyone knows me as the gritty sci-fi director, mm-hmm. but he really got to start doing commercials. And if you look at his early commercials, like, you know, they're, they're sleek car commercials. So he decided to go back to that, and I think it worked really, really well. Like, like listen, the, the, the selling point here is you're watching the, the cars, like, be fast. Mm-hmm. And... And he does a really good job at that. And I, I think, I think, like, listen, I don't know Neil Blomkamp. I don't know how he thinks, but I would gather that he took on this project for studios to see, like, listen, maybe I don't get my auteur license back, but I can make stuff look really good and yeah. make it. He can get like, he can get his movie making license back. His yeah, director, he yeah. can get his director license back. Like, Not a tour, but director. Like, like this is him. This is him telling Marvel. Hey, I'm available. This is him telling James Gunn, "Hey, I'm available." Right? Yeah. This is him 
telling Sony that if they want, he can direct the next Uncharted movie with Tom Holland. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what he did. Maybe. Or any other PlayStation movie. This is him saying, listen, yeah, maybe you guys won't buy my scripts, and maybe you guys won't say, here's here's unlimited budget, do whatever you want, but I can I can make stuff look good. I can make stuff be under I can budget. make a compelling story and under budget, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why he took on this project. And again, I think Gran Turismo, it was very possible that this thing was going to, was like you said, was going to be a train wreck, like to the point of being offensive in the sense of like, I cannot believe they just made a, they, they justified making a narrative list video game into a movie mm-hmm. just because they had a interesting story to tell and the story's not even that interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is inoffensive and that that's fine. Yeah. Uh, this movie's inoffensive and listen it's october this came out in august uh this and this is sony so sony has a deal with netflix so this will only be on netflix it probably is already on netflix like Most definitely to me that's the best place for this to be watch it you go oh yeah this is fun and and listen david harbour's a hoot there there's a there's an element there like the best david harbour shines during the montage where he's training the kids and he's just being a hard-ass drill instructor. And yeah. that, that, that that was like the most fun I had throughout the movie, even more so than the racing scenes. And, and, and I'm not saying the racing scenes are bad. They're great. They're, they're fine. They're fine, actually. Yeah, they're fine. Um, but if someone were to tell me, like, man, I'm really in the mood of seeing a racing movie, I'm not going to say Gran Turismo. Like, no. I, like you said earlier, I might just say Talladega Nights. Yeah. Or, or, or more likely, I'm going to be like, watch Rush. I'd be, well, that's my answer. When, whenever people go to me and be like, what's like the racing movies? Like, it's Rush. It's Rush. It's Rush. It's Rush. It's just Rush. Well, it's no, just Rush. And if, and if you've already seen Rush, Ford v. Ferrari. Ford v. Ferrari. Any others? I really don't think so. I'm sorry. Um, there aren't a lot. The, 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 technically, Smokey and the Bandit. But, yes, but that, you you're know, right. You're right. You're right. But, but most people are like only want to see smoke in the band when they're in the mood to see a GTO. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, see, what's your do you have anything else to add? Or are you ready to give your rating? I can give my rating, man. Give I can your do rating. This. You actually said it. You just took the words right out of my mouth. This movie is inoffensive. It's this is a movie. Neil Baumkamp made a movie. And it's inoffensive. It, it, it's fine. It's good. It's a movie. Watch it on your TV. I just looked it up. It's not on Netflix quite yet, but it will be. Um, and it's inoffensive. It's good. But it's also very by the numbers. So yeah, this, move, this movie is inoffensive. And fun. This movie is inoffensive and fun. That's my stance. Uh, yeah, this to me is a, a Netflix movie. And what I mean by that is that watch it on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix. Watch it there if you so choose. If you have like a, a weeknight where you finished work early, homework early, and you're like, oh, I have a couple hours to kill, but you know, I don't want to watch a TV show because uh, I'm not ready to start a new one. I'm not ready to binge. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is fine. This is fine. You're going to enjoy David Harbour in it. You're going to like the racing scenes. And um, you know what I'd say? If you really end up liking this movie as much or more than we did – that's when you say, all right, you know what? I'm going to try another racing movie. Let's try Ford v. Ferrari. And then, guys, go see Rush. That's the movie. Go see Rush. That's going to be the name of this episode. What do you think with Alan C., episode 77? Go see Rush. Go see Rush, exactly. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's inoffensive. And that's all I needed this movie to be because... Honestly, again, you know how like 
just the way a movie is pitched to you, you're like, oh, that's going to suck. That's just going <laughs> to suck, right? Yeah. Hey, here's the thing is, is like if someone says, okay, Gran Turismo, why? Okay, so here, here's, here's how we adapt Gran Turismo. So like 10 years ago uh, – <laughs> Nissan, <laughs> Nissan held this competition yeah. with Gran Turismo oh, players. Oh, oh. And then I'm the producer and I already am interrupting them going, we'll call you. <laughs> they go like, they go like 10 years ago, Nissan had this Gran oh, Turismo geez. tournament to get kids who were really good at it and then train them to be race car drivers. And if I was the producer, I'd be like, and, and that actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. It actually happened. And the guy was actually good. He competed in Le Mans. And I'd be like, I don't believe you. I really don't believe <laughs> no, you. No, like, like they take out their phone and they show you the Wikipedia article of Jan Marnborough, and you're like, okay, so this happened. And you expect audiences will buy this bullshit? Yeah, because we're going to tell them it over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again that this really fucking happened. Okay, because here's the thing. When you tell someone hey, we're going to turn a video gamer into a race car driver. You're like, that movie's going to suck. No, yeah. and you go like, you go like, we're going to turn a video gamer into a race car driver, and it's not a comedy. That's That was it. Okay, and it's not. And it's and we're serious, guys. We're so like, serious. We're super serious. Because, yeah, I, you know what would be fun? That's the thing. If, I, if you give them that pitch and you tell them it's a comedy, you're like, great. Or you know what this is? You, you know what? The, you know what the pitch is? The pitch is a Disney Channel original movie. Yes. That's oh my the god, pitch. yes. But, but like one see, of the like one of the good ones from the nineties. Like it's no, good. Like 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 you know what it's, I was about to say? So and then, the, the Disney Channel will be like, it's starring David Harbour from from Stranger Things. So so this movie is also based on a true story. It actually happened. Eddie the Eagle. Yes, it is. Eddie the Eagle actually happened. This was a guy who just wanted to be an Olympic athlete and was like, mm-hmm. what can what what and he was like a horrible athlete, but he was like, what can I do to, to actually get into the Olympics? And he got in through ski jumping, never did it before mm-hmm. in his life. And was like, okay, I'll just ski jump in order to qualify for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Now that was a true story that actually happened. But the director yeah. of Eddie the Eagle, um, I forget his name, uh, uh, Dexter Fletcher. Mm-hmm. He was smart enough to know, like, this is such a bullshit story. I'm going to make it a comedy. This is no, he looked at like, this is fucking hilarious. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's and a he, great movie. It's, it's really a great movie. Funny. It's a great movie. It's a true story. But what makes it work is that it was a comedy. That's how you, we buy it. We're like, this is so dumb. He it makes works. it a buddy comedy between exactly. actually, um, oh Hugh my Jackman, God. And, Hugh Jackman. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, the guy, he, he was in rocket man. Um, well, and that's the same director too. Yeah. Dexter forget. Fletcher. Uh, the, the kid from Kingsman. Yeah, he's great. I forget his name. He's Welsh, but um, yeah, yeah. So that works. And in this, it's like, well, no, we're playing it straight. And it's like, oh, okay. And David, can Harbour's- you imagine Eddie the Eagle played straight? Oh my god, it'd <laughs> be so bad. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be like I Tanya. No, you can't do that. Don't do that. Well, um, well, here's the thing about I Tanya. Like the subject matter is serious enough. That you yeah. can play it straight, but they still had some comedy in it. Well, they it was it was heightened, it was exaggerated, but that's because there were some darker elements to God, that. I tell you, such a great movie. <laughs> we're talking about how much we love other fucking movies in this. No, 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 I that's think, true. I think that says more about our rating of this movie. It's like yeah, it's yeah. inoffensive, and it's you know what? This movie, I'm gonna adjust slightly. This movie is inoff. This is a inoffensive, fun, and kind of forgettable movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
couldn't say on it better the my- Disney Channel. <laughs> I could say it better myself. See, so yeah. With is. that being said, this has been our review of Gran Turismo. This has been. What do you think? I'm Al, and I'm C. I can't. I don't know how to end it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You forgot that because you were gone for so long.